Good afternoon, Todd. It's Gary with the Shoot Radio. We are live. How are you, sir? I'm good, Gary. How you doing, man? I'm I'm a little hungover. I'll be honest with you, but I'm feeling all right. <laughs> that uh, that was me a few days back with oh. the Irish name of Kennelly. I definitely celebrated my Irish heritage on St. Paddy's Day. That's for sure. Hell yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I, I I had a couple of my buddies over last night that the three of us together hadn't hung out in probably two or three years, it used to be kind of a more of a regular thing until our lives kind of took different paths. So naturally our first hangout back, it's like, okay, let's grab two or three cases of beer and just get, you know, completely hammered. And on top of that, Todd, you know, I told you previously that my co-host was going to be absent. He had some prior uh, arrangements. So it's me and you hanging right here today, but, uh, so hungover and me and you here hanging out and I'm just like, all right, I can do this. I can make it. I can make it through this because I want to get your thoughts on on a whole variety of things. Because the last time you were on the show, Todd, was the week before the Royal Rumble, and wow, did uh, the landscape of wrestling change right after that event? I mean, would you agree? Is that a fair statement? Oh yeah, no question, and definitely was a uh, was a roller coaster for for certain from a fan's perspective. I mean, obviously, uh, WWE fans certainly voiced their opinion with what they thought of uh, how the Royal Rumble went down and, and the absence of Daniel Bryan. And it's been, it's been very intriguing television ever since, seeing how, it, how the plot kind of unfolds and now heading into Mania. So definitely an exciting time and in all of wrestling. I mean, you've got you know, TNA with an influx of new talent, and you've got uh, Jarrett you know, with his hints and his big announcement the day after Mania. So... You know, as Jeff Jarrett said, he, he looks in one of his videos, looks for this to be uh, a boom period, you know, being on the cusp of a boom period for the business again. And I right. can't I can't argue with that. It's ex- you know, exciting stuff for sure. Well, let's let's start with that. That whole Jeff thing. What do you think of the execution of his kind of teaser videos? You know, it seems like maybe once a week rarely maybe twice a week <clears throat> excuse me we would get you know kind of like this teaser video talk about the the execution of trying to do like this you know kind of like viral video thing and and really get a buzz going how do you think he's done with that so far you know i think i think he's done a decent job i think people are interested and he has you know, kept pretty closely guarded i mean obviously if you watch the videos and you see who's posted them you know it looks as if uh kevin sullivan who was involved and WWE television back in the, not the Taskmaster, mind you, right. and the Dungeon of Doom, Kevin Sullivan, but <laughs> TV producer Kevin Sullivan, uh, and who was heavily involved in TNA and production as well, um, seems to be working with Jeff on these. And, you know, I think it's good. I, I think it's good that Jeff has uh, expressed that he is, is looking at, at the fans' perspective and what they want to see. And, uh, and, you know, if you look at, you know, he's got his little clues here and there, but that he's been out there traveling, uh, going down to Mexico. Of course, he wrestles still for AAA, but also right. just going around the country and scouting talent. And uh, I think it'll be interesting. I, I think it's cool that step-by-step, step, you know, we're learning a little more. And now, of course, he's announced his first real sizable announcement. So, I mean, for me... I'm intrigued. I want to see where it's all going to go. Obviously, sure. I you know would love to hopefully maybe have some opportunity there as well. That remains to be seen. But Definitely. I'll be very anxious to see what he has to say. 
um, you know, the day after WrestleMania. Yeah, that that date, I think, is real strategic, you know, because a lot of people in terms of like wrestling website traffic, like since the last time we talked, like the shoot online, just for a very small example, we've kind of got into posting, you know, news and things of that nature. So we've gone to more more extra content on the site. And I can tell you, you know, a day after a pay-per-view is a huge traffic day. I think it's pretty smart. I, you know, if he were to do this like the week before Mania, it would definitely be a big mistake because I think it would get lost in the shuffle of all the WrestleMania hype. So to wait right after the event's over, I think is quite strategic, and I think that's going to bode pretty well for him. I think it's smart, and I think it's smart that he didn't do it uh, in the preceding weeks because, of course, there was a huge buzz with WWE Network and its launch and everything to do with that. So, yeah, like you mentioned, uh, you know, the eyes of the wrestling world and and you know casual fans and outside people outside in media really are on the business at around mania time and especially the day after wrestlemania there's usually some big news or you know additional big returns or debuts and you kind of hit the reset button yeah and i think it's a perfect time i really like i hope i hope he capitalizes i, I really do i hope so i, I hope that it's uh, you know big enough whatever this announcement may be i mean i think obviously a lot of people a lot of us think it's a wrestling uh, organization and that certainly the clues would lead us there but i hope that it's enough to make a big splash you know because like i mean we look at like tna and things like that and people depending on who you ask they don't see it as you know a big competition and i'm not saying that you know hey he's gonna announce it and within you know hours or 24 hours later people are gonna say this is a huge threat to wwe i'm not saying that but like i'm hoping that it's enough to make a big splash with wrestling fans and really get them you know excited and talking and i do like the fact that he's been like talking about hey i'm, I'm headed to this place and I'm, I'm scouting over here like he's letting people know that he's like going out and trying to find the best talent around and i think that that makes him look smart it makes him look like he's you know dialed in and trying to figure some things out i, I really like that he's kind of letting people in on that a little bit I, I i like that process yeah i do too and i mean he's he's positioned himself he's coming at it at a business-like perspective and he's positioned himself as the president and you see the pictures in the suit and tie and yeah. and the videos but also you know you also see him just sitting there and, and in essence kind of shooting with the fans saying hey this is what uh, I want to know what you people want to see, and I'm going to kind of hit the roads and get back out there. And this is a guy, you know, that has decades in the business. His family is it's it's born into him. You know, he bleeds the business. So to see him going back, hitting the roads, wanting to try to to find true talent that's out there, right? I think is refreshing, and I think it's cool too because you see you see wrestling fans now too responding and say, hey. You know, if you're coming here, you got to check out this guy. So you've got fans now of independent wrestling and in you know fans of regional promotions that are saying, "Hey, Jeff, check check this guy out. He's great." And that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and and I think it. You know, I'm sure he'll put a great roster together. But there's just there's still way more questions than answers. And I think it's going to be really really intriguing to watch how it all unfolds. And like you mentioned, I do hope it's just another real viable option for the wrestling fan. And as somebody that's worked in the business, you know, and I'm a fan myself, but for me, too, just so important that there is so much great talent out there that deserves a place to work, deserves a place to showcase their talents and, and hopefully make a living. And, and the more options there are like that, then the better it is for everybody, fans and performers alike. Yeah, and you know the I mean obviously there's been rumors, you know, Toby Keith's involvement is is CMT attached. I mean, let me ask you this. I mean, do they absolutely like day 1 
need a TV deal attached to the announcement? Or is this kind of something that could say, hey, you know, we're coming, you know, next year or, or whatever. I mean, do they need like a TV deal attached to it right away to make that splash and to make it be successful? You know, I, I don't know about that. That's a tough question. I mean, obviously, if you look at Jeff's history, he found a way when he launched TNA in terms of doing the weekly pay-per-views. Right. With with WWE doing the network, it's just the business has really has really changed, and there might be some more some more availability in the pay per view market if you can do it correctly. Um, but I think in the in a fan's perspective, and I think in just about anybody's perspective, whether it's necessary or not, um, you know, TV obviously seems to be a very important part of of the ball game and just for yeah. for perceptive you know i think it certainly would help and if it is cmt i think that i think that that wrestling could be right at home there and especially if kobe keith is involved oh yeah so <laughs> you know obviously jeff has found ways to work away having work around having a traditional tv distribution deal in the past but you know with this i, I think He's biding his time. I don't think he's rushing anything here, and I think he's going to have all his ducks in a row before he launches. And I think when he does, he wants to launch in a big way. So it yeah. wouldn't be surprised me if they had, you know, TV all tied up. Very cool, very cool. You mentioned the network there. Let's. I want to. I want to cut to this now, and we can talk about Punk and Brian that stuff in, in a moment. But uh, the network. Were you a uh, a day one subscriber? I can't say that I was a day one subscriber, but definitely jumped on pretty quick. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's cool. I, I'm a, I'm a lifelong wrestling fan. And I think it's just so great for, for fans to have that kind of access. And now, you know, lifelong fans that probably have <laughs> boxes and boxes and maybe even VHS tapes and then DVDs can, uh, can pretty much pitch everything now because you know, basically have the entire history of professional wrestling available on there. Um, and, and for newer fans, I think is awesome too. I think WWE is, is pretty strategic and wise in the way they're doing things now and the way they're reintroducing classic superstars, you know, like, like Hogan coming back and being right. the host of WrestleMania because, you know, although younger fans might know who Hulk Hogan is, you know, they weren't there in the eighties, uh, in, in the high times of Hulkamania like I was. Right. And it, the network gives fans a chance to go back and really educate themselves on the history and really go back and enjoy those historic moments. And that's pretty awesome. I like the uh, I like the WrestleMania Rewind a lot. I think that's a, a hell of a special. I mean, there's a lot of great things. And like you're talking about the archives and stuff like that. But it's for, in terms of like the new the new kind of original programming, I really took a liking to the WrestleMania Rewind, you know, the backstory with like Hogan and Andre, and then they did like Austin and Shawn Michaels, and of course the WrestleMania 1 main event, some good stuff there, Todd. Absolutely, and it, it is great. Anytime you can you can get the talent themselves to get back in that studio and really candidly open up and tell some stories, and anytime uh, a fan like you and I that's, that's watched the business for years and years, yeah. when you hear something new, it's, it's really exciting. Like, well, man, I never knew that. Yeah. Like one and, little uh, nugget I, they drop. Yeah. No, it's, it, you know, which is, which is really, really cool. And I love just breaking down those, those historic matches. And there are tons of stories that happen leading up and tons of things that happen day of that, that maybe you never realize. And there's sometimes that maybe those matches almost could have turned out to be a complete disaster, but they get pulled off. Yeah. Um, and, and so it's, it's really cool. I, I mean, like I, I look back at, um, like the WrestleMania, WrestleMania movie that they, 
had put together for WrestleMania 19. Oh, yeah, that was and, great. And, yeah, wasn't that amazing? And at the time yeah. of watching that, I, I had no idea that Austin had gone through those incredible health problems leading up to the match, and he really probably had no business walking down <laughs> that aisle and performing, but he did. And that just that just reestablishes how tough that that guy is, his passion, and stories like that just make the matches you know that much better when you really know that story. So yeah, anytime they can really flush out all the backstory, it's really cool, and to be able to see the. Uh, Legends of Wrestling um, panels, you know, pop back up. I always thought those were really entertaining. Yeah, they just uploaded and, uh, a ton of those. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just cool to see a bunch of the old-timers sit back and smoke a cigar and, <laughs> and tell the stories. You know, it's really stuff that I think a lot of wrestling fans, you know, obviously I've I've been around and I've been backstage and I've been on the road. So, you know, I've heard, I've heard my fair share of road stories, but for your casual fan, it's got to be pretty cool to hear some of this stuff. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I for just, you know, prime example last night with the friends hanging out, drinking. We primarily, we were watching the network, you know, sitting around having a few beers, a couple of pizzas and watching just random old stuff. Like for instance, they just put up the raw a few days ago. Maybe it was last, I don't know, but uh, where Stephanie McMahon and Undertaker, he was trying to like sacrifice her or what or what have you, and Austin runs down for the save and all this stuff. You know, we, we were watching that last night, so it's fun to watch like an old episode, commercial free, for the most part unedited. I mean, it was it's it's great stuff. I, I mean, I really enjoy watching just a random raw episode like that. It's tremendous. Yeah, speaking of Stephanie and Undertaker, I just remember back. It just popped into my head. I think one of my favorite moments was when. Uh, Steph jumped in the car and Taker turned around and just said, where to Stephanie? Remember that? <laughs> yeah. Good times. That is good. That That is good. And then the other one uh, also tied to Stephanie was the, the test Stephanie wedding, which uh, Triple H, of course, interrupted. That was another episode Indeed. we watched last night. And then we were able to go directly to the Armageddon match between Vince McMahon and Triple H and watch, uh, you know, those two battle it out. And then Stephanie turn on Vince. It's great. Yeah, that's a great that's a great thing too, is just to be able to go back and revisit a lot of those storylines and be able to just kind of jump from event to event and, and, and skip through and basically see from from dawn to dusk, you know, yeah. of, of a big story arc. Exactly. Uh, on a side note, uh what device are you using and have you had many problems with the network? You know, I, I haven't had a ton of time to watch nearly as much as as I would like. Right. Um, you know, but primarily I've uh I've used either either my phone or, or a tablet. Um, you know, I've got it got it through a PS3 as well. And you know, nice. you run into your you run into your um, pauses and buffering issues and everything else. But yeah. for the most part, I think the good has definitely outweighed the bad. And and, and when you start anything of this magnitude, you're going to have some bugs. But I'm sure it's going to continue to get smoother and smoother as it goes on. But yeah. you still just with the sheer amount of content, and especially uh, now with with WrestleMania coming up and your ability to have that, you know, I sound like I'm doing a commercial for him, but <laughs> to have WrestleMania and all that other content for, for 10 bucks. I mean, that's, that's pretty phenomenal. I, I, I can forgive a couple hiccups sure. in my, in my viewing experience to have all of that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, maybe I read too much into like the Twitter cause on our Twitter accounts, we try to stay very active with followers and engage with them and, I think sometimes a lot of people get negative on there to get negative and, and get attention. And other times people have pointed out problems that are actually, you know, 
actual issues and not just, you know, hey, my thing won't load and, you know, they're acting like it's the end of the world. And I just think that if people bear with it, and I'm not trying to sound like, you know, I'm, I'm just sticking up for WWE blindly, but I just think if, if people can stick with it, this is going to be something that's going to be tremendous in the years to come. I really do believe it. I think so, too. Yeah. I think so, too. And I think it's just, I think it's such a great asset, too, for for guys that that are training and getting into the business. Yeah. I mean, you know, when when we used to talk when I was at, at UPW and and we had talked about trying to get back in as a as a WWE developmental territory or even when I was, you know, with Championship Wrestling from Hollywood had discussed the same thing like, "Hey, why don't they have something West Coast?" That was one of the things that was discussed was, "Man, you got to have this huge tape library where where guys can access these matches and watch promos and watch the psychology in ring and watch the best." Yeah, because you can learn so much from that, and now you know pretty much anybody in the business can have access to that for for such a, a small investment, and it, I think it can be such a great learning tool to performers as well. I mean, I think growing up, so much of what Gorilla Monsoon said in commentary resonates with me, and I, I'm not saying I'm any Gorilla Monsoon, but I definitely mm-hmm. think the spirit of his commentary kind of lives on through me sometimes, and I'll. I'll catch myself <laughs> uttering some gorillaisms for sure. Yeah. Well, it happens like people like an internet radio, like me, you know, we all have our shows that we, that we listen to that got us into like talk radio. Like a lot of people that, you know, maybe listen to like Opie and Anthony or something. And then they start a podcast or they do a live internet show and they're kind of, they're kind of taking that energy through them and putting it out on their own show, which sometimes you got to be very careful of that, that you don't want to sound like a, a carbon copy of someone else. But, uh, no, I, I, from what I've heard of your stuff, I, it's not like I've, I've never heard you directly copy Gorilla Monsoon or anything like that. So I think you're fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, well, you stop. <laughs> <laughs> hey, on, on another uh, side note, uh, one of our uh, people in the chat room, Red Sox, wanted to ask, wanted me to ask you about your thoughts on Buff Bagwell. And the reason why he's asking this is, is not just because of the whole Showtime Gigolos thing that, that has come out, but he was on our show a few weeks ago, right after the TMZ thing broke. We got kind of really lucky and had him on the show within days of those headlines breaking. And he said what I think would, you know, have a lot of people scratching their heads. I mean, you know, the internet certainly blew up when these comments made it onto wrestling websites saying things like, uh, CM Punk is too small to be a world champion. And John Cena is not a cornerstone guy for WWE. He's not an Austin. He's not a rock. He'll never be as big as these guys. Um, I don't know if you've heard any of these comments or, or, you know, what your thoughts are on the guy. I don't know if you've ever met him, but, uh, he wanted me to ask you about, uh, Buff Bagwell and wanted to get your take on some of that stuff. Yeah, I've never met Buff Bagwell uh, in person, but, you know, people are always going to say something. I mean, I think yeah. Eric Bischoff said it best, with controversy creates cash. Um, you know, you're going to say stuff that's going to stir the pot to try and get some some something going and, and, and get some attention. Now, if, if, if Buff really believes that, I don't know. I, I, I think, though, that the days of the cookie-cutter, you know, bodybuilder physique and you got to be – you know, six two plus, and you got to be, you know, two hundred plus, and you got to be under a certain age. You know, I think that those are out the window. I and again, I was always a fan, and I always go back to to this reference. Right, is watching the old Royal Rumbles when they would do those quick, you know, few second spots of, of the various, you know, thirty guys, right. and you would see, you know, Mister Perfect there with Heenan, and, and you'd see Earthquake 
earthquake romping and stomping with Jimmy Hart. And then you'd go and you'd see the model Rick Martel and you'd see Jake the Snake and you'd see Hulk and you'd see just this huge, colorful spectrum of characters and sizes and shapes and right. backgrounds. And I think that's what wrestling has to be. You can't, it can't all be the same across the board. Yeah. So I think that type of viewpoint is, um, is kind of extinct. And I think that you got to open the door because there are, and, and Daniel Bryan, just a great example of that right now. And, and, you know, with a big day coming up for yeah. him. So, you know, if he, if he really believes that, that, that may be, you know, he's entitled to his belief. And it might be some sour grapes too. And I think I might be a little bit upset if my mom was a tag team champion with Rick Steiner. But, uh, <laughs> that's great. Delving into the history books. But yes. I, you know, I respect his opinion and I can understand it. But I mean, that's not the opinion that I would share. Yeah. I, I, it was, it was, for me, it was more or less, I'm listening to him say everything he says. And rather than, you know, pick a fight and try to make a battle on the air to try to get myself over and get my stuff in, I decided to just kind of let him hang himself with those comments, uh, respectfully and thanked him very much for his time and not, uh, starting a fight on the air. But look, you're, you're such a damn professional. You brought up Daniel Bryan. I don't know how you knew I wanted to go there next, but you just you brought up his name. So let's absolutely dive into that because uh, we kind of went into it a little bit earlier. We're talking about the fans were kind of making their voices known for the Rumble. In terms of the path from Rumble to the Chamber to WrestleMania, now you know are you are are you in the belief that they are finally on the right track? And do you think that they're going to do right by Bryan for Mania? I, I do, and I'm I do to to part A of that question, and yes. I'm cautiously cautiously optimistic to part <laughs> <Cautiously>. two. <laughs> we, you know, we will see. I, and you can look at this one of two ways. You can look at it as WWE are geniuses, and they took the fans for a ride, and they knew what the end game was going to be all along. Yeah, and and they got the fans even that more passionate to get there. Or it could be that the fans are really that passionate. And really that powerful that they can they have the power to basically change a WrestleMania main event. I think it's the latter. I don't know. It might it might be a little bit of both, but I think it's the latter. I think the reaction that Royal Rumble had to have surprised WWE. I think maybe it would have been better off, but probably not much if if Batista hadn't been advertised ahead of time and just came back as a surprise. I think it would have got you would have gotten a good reaction. But yeah. the people had one man they wanted to see in that Royal Rumble match. They didn't get it, but as a result, you know, the fans voiced their opinion, and now here we are. And I think it's a more intriguing setup to WrestleMania because of it, because the fans now feel empowered. Now, whether that was legitimate or not, the fans believe that it is. And that, that was the thing for me growing up as, as a Hulkamaniac. Hulk would come out, and he'd say, you know, I need each and every one of my little Hulksters, brother. And so – you believed that you were an integral part of Hogan winning the match. Of course. When he hulked up, it was because it was the power of Hulkamania and all his Hulkamaniacs. Yeah. So now for this, it's it's kind of, I'm not saying that the Yes Movement is a modern-day Hulkamania by any means, you know, because that's just, there's, that would be a, a big a big leap. Right. But the fans believe that they played a big part of this. Sure. And I think that's. That's pretty awesome. And that's the magic of, of professional wrestling. And that's the magic of being a wrestling fan. And so I, I don't see how. And, and when you got even guys like Mick Foley that are, are this passionate about 
what's going on with a certain, with, with Daniel Bryan, with this performer and being so outspoken. There's so many people passionate about this. I don't see how, I don't see how you can rob Daniel Bryan of that moment at WrestleMania. I think WrestleMania has got to, has got to end, you know, with thousands upon thousands of people in the Superdome chanting yes and Brian holding up the title. I mean, that's just because you've got a tailor-made WrestleMania moment that will live on on the WWE Network and will live on through the archives for eternity. And how how do you waste that opportunity? I, I just don't see it happening. Yeah, they would be I, – I said this on Twitter uh, when they – just after the the Occupy Raw segment, I said, if they do not put the belt on him at the end of that show and he is standing tall, they have essentially committed suicide on themselves. I mean, that's just, I think it's over at that point. I think the fans at some point will go uh, nuclear in their anger and then they're just going to simply uh, turn it off because they've been waiting so long. And I got roped in, Tata. I am actually going to WrestleMania because I said to myself, it's going to be one of two things, either A, they're going to do the right thing and they're going to put Brian and it's this moment you're talking about where, you know, it's yes, yes, yes. At the end of the show, a built in WrestleMania moment or B, it's going to be a tremendous train wreck. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go this year so I can see A or B. Hopefully, hopefully that it will be A and that I can be happy like I've got my money's worth, you know? Yeah. Either way, it's going to be a spectacle. That's for sure. Yeah. But, um, you know, yeah, I hope it's I hope it's A as well. But you never put it past WWE either. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's the, you want, like you said, you want nuclear heat, they would have it. I mean, if you thought the rumble in the aftermath was bad, I mean, just wait for this. Maybe they feel like they could see, do that. I don't know. I don't see that happen. I mean, personally, <laughs> I just don't see it happening because then, no matter what, be, because you've already, you've already kind of dangled the carrot for Daniel Bryan and for his fans for so long. I mean. SummerSlam, and then and then it's taken away because Randy Orton comes in, takes it. Yeah. So so many times, I think I think it's going to come into the the boy who who cried wolf situation where you do it one too many times and then you can never recapture that. They can never recapture what they can have here at WrestleMania. Having Daniel Bryan win it at Extreme Rules will not be the same. Having no Daniel Bryan win it at Money in the Bank or even SummerSlam will not be the same. He's got to win it at WrestleMania. Yeah. I mean, he could he could you know because then. You could always have, if say say it's Daniel Bryan, provided he beats Triple H and right. is in the main event. If Daniel Bryan defeats, uh, pins Randy Orton or makes him submit, then mm-hmm. you could have Batista come out and say, you know what, you weren't even supposed to be in this match. You never beat me, and then you have a, a, a title match at Extreme Rules or or whatever. Same same for Daniel Bryan or same for Randy Orton. If yeah. if somehow Daniel Bryan defeats Batista. Or you could say, I was a champion, you never beat me, you never pinned me, made me submit. You know, so you have you have options there. Definitely. And so you can still get back around to that, but you can't get back around to that WrestleMania moment that they'll have if, if he wins the title. I really think it's now or never, and I'll put all my chips on that table. I think it's now or never, and if they don't do it now, it, they're going to have a whole hell of a lot of problems getting uh, being able to get fans invested uh, you know, in their future stories, whatever that may be. I mean, you think WrestleMania after the day after WrestleMania crowd was something last year. I cannot wait to see it this year. If that if something like that goes down, that could be, it'll be incredible television. I'll put it to you that way. <laughs> yeah, um, it will be. 
Let me ask you this, though. If we get the big win, if we get it, do you think it damages him at all or, or shows sign that maybe Vince and Triple H don't have faith in him if they have too many distractions like interference in the match as opposed to just giving him a straight-up win against Triple H and a straight-up win uh, in the main event in the triple threat? I mean, if they just kind of, if they're doing like gimmicky things, you know, interference or something like that, do you think that may show signs that they're not, that they're, that they're not fully invested in this guy? I would say it depends how it's done. If it helps, you know, if it's just so overly done that it, to the point of being ridiculous and it, it waters down the victory, then, you know, no, obviously that would be bad. If it's done in the right way that it makes the, the pinnacle that Daniel Bryan has to climb to of just that much higher, mm-hmm. then, then it could, you know, it could work. But obviously I want to see him go out there and, and earn it the right way, and, I, and the fans do too. Right, right on. I know some people were speculating we can kind of turn this into, uh, I want to definitely get your thoughts on Punk for sure, so we can kind of turn this into that. You know, some people were like, hey, you know, it'd be so cool if they could work out a deal and Punk shows up at the end of Mania and or, you know, he shows up the next night on Raw, maybe he starts something with Brian. Uh, do you see anything like that as far as a legitimate scenario? You know, I really don't. I, I just don't. I don't see it. I, I don't, and it's certainly not at WrestleMania. Right. Like you said, I think if it were to happen, if he came back um, the next night on Raw, you know, then that could be something if, if if it's logical and it makes sense the way that it's done. But I think that would hurt Daniel Bryan too because then that would overshadow his big night to come out and celebrate, you know, first night as the champion on Raw. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, I don't know, and nobody seems to know what's going on with CM Punk. I think he's a phenomenal performer and I hope he, he gets back in the ring, uh, somewhere, whether it be WWE or elsewhere. But I, I don't think now is the right time. I don't think, I think if it didn't happen in Chicago, it shouldn't happen at Mania and it shouldn't happen the night after. I think it's gotta happen. I think it's gotta happen when you least, you know, suspect it. And I think people are still going to be kind of on pins and needles wondering if he's going to show up. Fair enough. I know you had tweeted something, I want to say, maybe a week or two weeks ago. You had a picture. I guess you worked with him at some point. Yeah, this was for uh, New Japan USA. They shot out of the Inoki Dojo in L.A., and, mm-hmm. and it was uh, they had some interesting matches. You know, I actually got to call some some Daniel Bryan matches. I remember one. It was, uh, it was Daniel Bryan and Joey Ryan, uh, you know, which, given my history, is, is cool looking back now. But they had, they had CM Punk. He was with ROH at the time. And uh, they put him on commentary, and I really enjoyed working with him because, again, he could really, really break down the nuts and bolts and the little nuances of what were going on in the ring. And these were very much Japanese strong-style matches, and uh, and it made it really, really great to work with him. So just another thing that I can look back, man. I just shake my head at some of the opportunities <laughs> that I've had and some of the amazing people that I've had a chance to work with. That is incredible. And based on the time that you work with him, do you think he's the kind of guy, I mean, like, okay, let's say, you know, his in-ring career is done. Let's just say, I don't think it is, but let's just say it is. Is he the kind of guy, based on when you work with him, did you get the vibe that maybe he's the kind of guy that wants to hang around the business when he when he's done and maybe take on some kind of booking or producer role? Did you get any kind of, uh, you know, sense of that? You know, I, I, for some reason, my gut says no to that. I okay. think he... I think, I think he's a, a, a phenomenal in-ring performer, and I think that's where his heart is when it comes to the business. Yeah, I think if, if he were done as an in-ring performer, I don't think he'd want to stick around necessarily and be an agent, you know, be a producer. I think he would branch out and do other things. 
and I think he's talented enough to do other things. I mean, obviously he was he was on the Talking Dead the other day, so he's got outside interest. I, he's a you know big fan of of MMA. I think he could be a great you know MMA broadcaster. Yeah, I think he would be great. Uh, you know, even as <laughs> not to infringe on your territory, but as a, as a radio host, you sure. know, he's so so opinionated. I don't see him sticking around and being on the road and and and, and helping out in the business. I would think he would switch his focus to other things in a way i'm i'm partially surprised we haven't heard him say a word and that kind of lends me to think that you know maybe they're really trying hard to work out some sort of a deal if not right now you know maybe a month or two away but the fact that nothing has been said i mean the only thing we've heard is from vince where he's saying yeah he's he's on a sabbatical he said that in in some sort of a uh, conference call with investors but I, I'm really genuinely surprised. That, I mean, if he is just completely done, I'm surprised that we've not heard any sort of a comment from him uh, regarding that. Does that surprise you as well, or you think something it else? It does, and it, and it makes you wonder. It makes you wonder if something's in the works, and it's just they're keeping it quiet, and they want to they want to reintroduce him at the right time, and and not have him saturated out there in other ways. You know, he's basically completely fallen off the face of the earth <laughs> yes. in terms of the wrestling business. Yeah, and you know, but still, obviously, even though he's off the radar currently, he still has everybody talking. Oh yeah, which is which is genius. I mean, he's got everybody talking by not having to say anything himself. Yeah, and and so I, I mean, there's more question marks than than the Riddler's outfit, dude. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> what he's going to do when he's going to come back. But I think it's it's either genius on his part to 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 wait it out and then speak when the time's right or it's genius if he's working a deal with WWE that like hey just don't be out there man just stick back and then it'll hit that much harder when you do come back yeah I don't know I'm waiting like everybody else to find out could could be something you you mentioned the MMA thing another great transition I mean man it's like we're really thinking on the same page here and I swear for people that like you know they don't get how the radio works it's not like you and I scripted out uh, question by question and, and all topics and it's just like you say one thing and it just triggers me to the next thing I'm going to ask you about which is great I, I really being that you've been in the MMA world I want to ask you about the TMZ report of Ronda Rousey being interested in doing a match at WrestleMania 31 if WWE is interested. What do you think about that? I, I'm kind of excited about that. I'm really excited about that. I think Ronda Rousey extremely marketable, and she is smart enough that she's now delving into movies as well, and and she's you know a, a huge wrestling fan. Yeah, I think that she's smart by by putting those feelers out there. You know, she knows that. Physically, nobody can can survive in the in the MMA game for a lengthy, lengthy period of time. Right, and you got to then parlay that marketability into something else. And and it was kind of cool to see Shayna Baszler uh, laying <laughs> in the shoulder blocks in the corner, and Ronda comes up with a big flying armbar. Pretty cool. Oh yeah, I, I think it would. I think you know, as, as she goes on, she continues to win fights. She's going to be more and more popular, and and be more and more in the mainstream. And I think it would be a great move by both parties because, A, Ronda maybe one day would want to transition into a wrestling career. Who knows? Right. And WWE can, as they have so many times before at WrestleMania, really taking advantage of celebrity stardom and, and using them in the mix in the right way. 
Yeah. So I think it's an, I think it's a no brainer. The closest comparison I could think of, and obviously when I say this other name, they're on two completely different levels, but you look at like a Floyd Mayweather and what he was able to bring to WWE working a full match. And and again, you know, he's, I think he's definitely a bigger box office star. I think that's just the obvious thing to say, but at the same time, he's a male, he was fighting a male in a full length match and, and with her being female and things like that, do you think, first of all, I mean, do you think her box office uh, draw is enough at this point to generate enough interest from a mainstream perspective. I mean, we're all fight fans and wrestling fans, but to the outsider looking in, is her box office draw enough to bring in people and garner that mainstream attention that WWE really craves? I think it, I think it would get some mainstream attention. I don't think it would be the same as when you're talking about people from the fight world coming in. I don't think it would be the same as as all the hoopla surrounding Mike Tyson, right? Uh, which was a which was a huge oh yeah that for too wrestling, for for WWE and for WrestleMania and 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 into the Attitude Era. But I think she certainly will have the notoriety to warrant a place on a WrestleMania card, and I think it just depends how it's done. I don't yeah. think it'll be I don't think it'll be to the level that a Floyd Mayweather was or a Mike Tyson was. But that's just where she is right now. Who's to say when she's, you know, in, in Expendables and other movies she's done and whatever else by that time, I, I could very well be wrong and things can change. Yeah. But if she also, if she goes out there and, and is, you know, gets knocked out or, or, or can't win with an arm bar in the first round uh, and continue that going, then obviously the luster <laughs> could, could dim as well. And that's, that's just the nature of the fight game. And that's why, again, I think she's smart to look elsewhere while, while uh, escalating to the top of of, of of the women's division in the UFC, and I, and I think with it and main being, event, and that's the thing she may she can main event a UFC pay per view. I don't see her main event in WrestleMania. No, 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 certainly not. But I, I I think for this to work, and again because and I and I don't mean to you know stereotype the women. I think you need that right woman opponent. I mean with 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 Mayweather, you know, Big Show is kind of a nice attraction. He's a big guy. He likes that boxing style and things like that. But. I think for a woman's match, you need to find the right opponent. And I'm looking around and trying to figure out who could this person be. I mean, Paige of NXT could be a great, uh, you know, if they could get her to somewhere near that level. Because I think certainly in the ring, she's phenomenal. But as far as like the the typical divas that we see, you know, on a weekend, week out basis in WWE, there's not a whole lot to pick from that I think could be a credible, believable opponent outside of maybe AJ Lee, perhaps. But beyond that, I don't know, man true yeah i mean i i I think you'd almost it would almost have to have to be a deal where you you could bring a trish back or alita back or something like that somebody that was really synonymous with the with the you know females in wwe with that division um or some sort of crossover who says she even wrestles a female you know for that matter oh well yeah i mean they could go there yeah 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 so um uh, before we get, like I said, before before we close out, I do want to ask you about uh, you know one or two things about TNA. But real quick, uh, going to back to WrestleMania, uh, Hulk Hogan. We we kind of talked last time you were on the show about you know what should his role be and and things of that nature. And we were kind of in agreement that hey, you know, we could just see him come out and kind of do his thing and walk off into the sunset, and that would be all right. Are you cool with the uh, the whole host thing? Are you happy about that? I think it's good. I think it's good, and I think it was smart to have him come out and announce. Andre the Giant Battle Royal, and I'm I'm a fan of that. I hope it is on the main card. Yeah, you know, I don't think you should have Hulk Hogan come out and announce something 
and have some you know notable talent in it and and relegate that to the to the pre-show even though it's going to be a two-hour pre-show yeah wow um, <laughs> but i i think it's i think it's been good so far and i think you have to use hulk in the right ways and i think you have to use them in in small doses i don't think you want to shove hulk down people's throats no <laughs> but i love it i mean i definitely uh got excited to see hulk walk back out to real american and and put the hand in the air and pose and be in a WWE ring. I mean, it's just, that's where he belongs. It's just, there's a certain magic there that really, in my mind, as a, as a lifelong Hulkamaniac, only he creates. And I think it'll be good, but I also think that, you know, much like his role in, in WrestleMania 21 when he came out to save Eugene and fought off um, Davari and Hassan, yeah. Hulk has been hanging and banging, as he would say. He's been getting in shape. <laughs> Yeah, and I would be very surprised if the Hulkster doesn't get to use those pythons at least a little bit and mix it up. Now, yeah. obviously, we saw we saw Hulk and John Cena in the ring together. It wouldn't surprise me in the least if the Wyatts get involved. I think Bray and Cena will have a, a very very good physical matchup, and obviously a lot of good psychology there. Oh yeah, uh, with Bray's promos and, and 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 Cena coming out and admitting in interviews that he's you know scared of, of him and what he's capable of. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Wyatts jump jump Cena and we hear Real American and, and we see uh, Hulk and Cena, these two superhero, you know, all-American good guys clear clear uh, clean house and, and see a little WrestleMania pose down with the Hulkster and uh, and Cena. I think it'd be I think it'd be a lot of fun and I think Cena, the big Hulk fan too, I think would really get a kick out of that. And, oh yeah. And, and I, uh, I, I think it would be a great moment. I think just the imagery of those two together hanging out in the ring, what was that, like maybe two weeks ago now, um, rather, regardless of what you think of Hogan and Cena, just from a, a pure historical perspective and, and looking at these two legacy guys side by side, kind of just hanging out in the ring, I think that that was just a great shot, and I really enjoyed that. And I, you know, like you're saying, to see him come down and maybe, you know, knock out a wide or two. I'm a little worried about that hip, perhaps. You know, I don't know how, I don't think he's going to be able to drop any legs, but if he just comes out there and throws a few fists, I, I mean, I'd be okay with that. You know, throw a few fists, rip the shirt. I'm good with that. I can live with that. Yeah. I, I know, I know for a fact the Hulkster's got a few big right hands and maybe a double noggin knocker or two. That's right. <laughs> bring it back. Yeah. You know, maybe even a big boot and then uh, toss some people to the floor, rip the shirt, pose. Hulkster's definitely got that in him, that's for sure. And and I will be there to experience it all, so I'm definitely looking forward to it. Let's close out with a little bit of TNA talk, because it definitely, it would appear, you know, you know, watching the show, they're definitely going through like a, a whole reshuffling and, and figuring some things out, getting some new guys in there. Uh, what Based on what you've seen with TNA currently, what do you think in terms of the direction they're going? I think it's smart. I, I think if you're going to have guys like... Um, Hogan and Sting and Jarrett leave the company, right. you're going to have to reshuffle the deck. And I think one of the things that really put TNA on the map originally was the X Division, was the athletic, you know, bell to bell, the in ring. And MVP now coming out is, you know, the figurehead uh, leader of wrestling operations right. saying, hey, it's going to be, it's going to be you know, about the wrestler and it's a wrestler's company and it's going to be about competition. I think that's cool. I think that can ring in some, some pure wrestling fans again. I think it's always good that you can tune in and see some fresh faces. Yeah. And 
you know, I'll reserve total judgment until I see how it all pans out. But you can't go wrong if you bring in some great talent. And I think bringing in international talent has always been smart, too. You know, I talked about TNA in the beginning, but I think that is one of the things that really helped WCW for a long time, too, was bringing in stars from Mexico, bringing in stars from Japan, you know, for their cruiserweight division. And I think much the same here. The more you can make good, solid relationships internationally and, and do a bit of a talent trade and, and have, you know, TNA guys go out to Japan and, and uh, obviously their business has been solid in the U.K., Right. The more they can solidify their their worth worldwide, the better. This is so, some, you know, yeah. Go ahead. This, this is something I want to definitely get your take on, though. You know, like I look at the build for Joe and Magnus that they had for Lockdown, and you know, I love the the video packages they put together, and just you know, the build of how they got to Lockdown. The one problem I have with it, and of course, you know, I can't go talking about TNA without without finding at least one thing wrong. So I do want to get your take. <laughs> Do they really, I mean, you've got Joe and Magnus. These guys are, are tremendous in the ring. Do you really need, uh, you know, a goofy finish with hands coming out of the ring? And this is not something new in TNA's world. I mean, it seems like no matter who's booking the show, they just have, it's like the kid with the cookie jar. They just have to go back into that cookie jar and grab out that cheap finish. And they cannot, for the life of them, seem to have just a clean finish in a world title match. And I wanted to get your thoughts on that because you've been there and you've worked for them. And so I want to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, like they just can't help themselves, huh? Yes. Um, yeah, no, I would agree with you. I would agree with you that on pay-per-view in a world title match, people deserve a clean finish. And especially when you look at recent history, you went through the entire reign of aces and eights with Bully Ray as a world champion. Now, mm -hmm. with there, you know you're going to have interference. You know you're going to have screwy finishes. You know, but then... AJ wins the title, but now you've got Dixie hellbent on getting rid of AJ. Right. And so you're going to throw absolutely everything, you know, but the kitchen sink and maybe the kitchen sink too at AJ to get the title off of him and on to Magnus. Right. So now you've got this, now you've got this hand picked company champion doing Dixie's bidding. So you know during that run that it's going to be, it's going to be squirrely. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm hoping that again, that's part going to play into, the whole MVP storyline and getting back to pure wrestling that he will, he will make Magnus put his money where his mouth is and defend the title on a regular basis and do it the right way. Right. If it plays off that way, then it makes MVP's position and role that much more important because we've been through this for so long. Yeah. Now, if it doesn't and this continues, then yeah, I'd say at some point, you, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta jump off that train. Yeah, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, if you're going to proclaim that things are, are going to change, I, I would definitely uh, stay away from from some of that stuff. And I mean, I mean, you I mean, you've been there. They have such tremendous talent, and I think that you know, I look at like NXT just for an example. And I know they're two completely different things, but because they're on the network now, they're a little bit more accessible. They had that arrival pay per view. I use that in quotations because it's not like a traditional pay per view, but whatever. Um, I look at what they did there. And just the stories they told, clean finishes, it seemed like everything mattered. There was such details in the match, the spots leading to this this high-paced drama, especially with Cesaro and Sami Zayn. And then I look at TNA, and I'm like, all right, guys, you guys have got some of the best talent in the world. 
if you can just knock it off with the clean finishes or, you know, people, it's like that thing when you used to look back at wrestling in the 90s and you see people looking at the aisleway, just waiting for somebody to run out, you know, and just waiting right. for it. Uh, if they could get away from that, I would just, I would have a little bit more faith, you know, with them. And that's just a personal thing. I'm certainly not the only one that says it. And I'm not saying that my opinion is the absolute right way to go, but that's just my take on it. No, and, you know, and I would agree. I, I think you need, in wrestling, you, you you need a certain amount of that. You know, you need those those dashes of, of interference and, and big sure. turns, but you got to make them count. you got to make them count. And, yeah. and you got to know, you know, when to do it and when to say when. But, and, and again, I think you're right. With the amount of talent they have there, they don't need to always resort to, to the parlor tricks. Yeah. And maybe that is what someone like a Jeff Jarrett, you know, may do with his with his program is, is make it more of a pure wrestling program. Certainly. We'll see. But you know, NXT certainly is refreshing and certainly is, is great that you can see WWE kind of diversify their product. And that's one of the, one of the things they can do with the network is say, Hey, you know, this is WWE, but Hey, we, we, you know, we can also do this. It's pretty smart on their part. Oh yeah. I mean, you look at just quickly in NXT. I mean, you look at like that show, and the commentators are talking about the match. They're not taking selfies and talking about anything but the match. And it's just straightforward matchup. And I'm when I say, when I'm calling out TNA for that stuff, I'm not saying WWE is immune from it because, I mean, certainly last fall, Daniel Bryan, the, the kind of cheap finishes just in different ways to find ways to not give us a finish because, hey, you know, we have this formula where we need to book the same main event two or three months in a row. So we have to find ways to, you know, kind of, do a cheap finish so we can get to the next month and have a reason for that next month's uh, match. So they're not completely immune from it either, but certainly NXT, a breath of fresh air, no doubt about it. Absolutely. All right, fair enough. Well, look, I've I've taken up enough of your time, Todd. I do appreciate you hanging out with me uh, today. Before we go, tell the uh, the great listeners where they can find you, Twitter, you know, the Hollywood wrestling. Tell them all about that great stuff you're doing. Yeah, you know, follow me on Twitter um, because, like, like you said earlier, you know, every once in a while I'll dig into my old bag of tricks, and you'll see a picture of me sitting there calling a match with CM Punk. So every right. once in a while I'll pull out some random stuff, but just at Todd Kennelly, and um, yep, still HollywoodWrestling.com. I haven't done the last couple tapings there, but I'm sure I'll get back in the mix. Just been taking some time off of there to, to spend a little more time with my uh, with my son. But um, also Territory League, be on the lookout for that, TerritoryLeague.com. That's Rikishi and Gangrel's uh, brainchild, the, the team-based stuff, teams of wrestlers from different cities. And I've really enjoyed working with those guys again because, you know, I went to Australia on the Hulkamania tour with, with, uh, with them, and I went to South Africa and Spain with them. So enjoying that as well. And, and again, I'm just uh, I'm staying sharp, I'm staying active, and I'm just looking for the next big opportunity, and I hope it comes along soon. That's all you can do, man. Thanks again, Todd, for hanging with me today and putting up with my hungover ass. I do appreciate it, man. You have a <laughs> tremendous night. Thank you so much. No problem. My pleasure, man. Take care. All right. Talk to you next time. See ya. All right. All Bye. right.